0: I would spend so much time creating things and just iterating on it and, you know, doing design or these different things. And one of my bosses one time was like, Alicia, your 80% is like 120 for a lot of people. You just need to get it out there and continue to evolve it as you go. And it was a good kick for me because it gave me the confidence to just believe in the 80% version and not get so stuck up on things. And I think with the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship i was definitely not confident along the journey as i was pivoting and trying to figure out that identity piece but once i found what i loved and was so passionate about it was such a great space
1: welcome to pivot me where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real, simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Are you in a corporate role but wondered what it would be like to dip your toe into owning a business? Or did you recently transition into being a business owner and still trying to wrap your head around this change? Let me tell you about my guest today. The loss of her father, a random encounter with a homeless person, and the massive outsourcing of her life led her to a very tough decision. Transitioning from the corporate space to an entrepreneur is hard no matter what, but transitioning from C-suite to an entrepreneur, it's an absolute mind blow. Our guest knew the exact moment she was ready to quit corporate America. And when she walked into that room to resign, she was surprised when her boss promoted her. Our guest is Alicia Driscoll, a visionary leader and keynote speaker that left a high profile and lucrative role in entertainment and media to create her own business and movement with Evolve Her. She decided to leave her corporate role when she realized someone else was living her life. She talks openly about that painful transition out of her corporate role, about the struggle on how to describe myself without a title once she left, though the transition away from her roles in multiple Fortune 100 companies was tough. She goes on to create something so meaningful and worth the jump. Let's get into it. Welcome to Pivot Me today, Alicia. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So we just read your bio. You have done so many things in there. We talked about some shifts that you've had. I'd like us to understand a little bit about your backstory, and your corporate career, and then we'll talk about the shift from leaving corporate and what that looked like.
0: Yeah. So actually, I grew up in Kentucky and, you know, started in digital media way back in the day when I like to say the internet first started. I moved to California for a couple of years, did freelance web design. And after California, I came to Chicago and I just fell in love with the city. It had energy and great people. And I felt like there was a lot of great opportunity here. I figured I'd stay here for two years, go to New York, but that was 03 and I'm still here. So I started working in digital media on the agency side of corporate and helped brands with buying media, then went into the publisher side. So worked for companies like eOnline and Live Nation and People Magazine. And my last corporate job was at WME, which is a talent agency. And they, acquired IMG. So IMG has a ton of sports, fashion week. So my job was vice president of global partnerships to sit kind of across all of their assets. And it was a lot of fun because we could basically work with a brand to come up with custom solutions or custom events, anything really to create for that brand, leveraging the celebrities, the events, the assets for Eight figure deals. I was traveling a ton to LA four or five days a week and was really outsourcing my entire life, which made me realize that I wanted to make that shift.
1: Yeah. Was it the outsourcing the entire life that made you realize you wanted to make that shift? I want to make sure I heard that right.
0: There was definitely a few different pieces. So I kind of had been wanting to shift out of corporate for a while because I had started a family and, you know, I was kind of doing the dance of, I am a very ambitious lady who likes to work, but the juggling of it all, you know, and the myth of balance, I wanted to be able to show up as 100% at everything that I did. And I was, you know, challenged with that as I was becoming a new mom. And before that, actually in 2008, and seven, my husband was going to propose to me and I totally knew he was going to, but it was like that very exciting week. And I had an event happened to where my dad actually passed away suddenly and unexpected. He was 57 and he was my best friend. I mean, I loved him dearly. They were in Kentucky and I was leaving a night from being out with girlfriends and, and I got a call on a bus and I'll never forget. I went outside the bus because my phone kept You know, ringing like crazy, and it was snowing. And my mom called and told me that he had passed away. And I just collapsed on the sidewalk, and a homeless person came up to me and they sat down with me and they asked what was the matter. And, you know, I told them, and they sat there for 20 minutes until my husband came and grabbed me. And I swear it was an angel. Like it was just such a pivotal moment in my life. And it was such a, a loss of something so special. And I didn't know how to transition or to move forward or anything. And so that was definitely a a moment where I didn't know the massive impact it would have on my life throughout the years, but that was the real underlying reason because I realized that life was really short and that you only have a certain amount of time to truly do what you want to do and be with the people that you want to be with. So- As I was going through that path, going back to the outsourcing my life and all of this, it was like, I had climbed to the top. I had made it to this amazing position at this amazing company. It was like a dream job. I was working with movie studios and celebrities and all this stuff that I had aspired to do as a young girl in Kentucky but I didn't get to see my family. And it's like, I had a nanny and my kids had food allergies. So I had a chef that cooked special food for them and somebody else was basically living my life. And so I, my default is to go into hustle culture uh, mode, you know, where you're just going and going. And so now I can catch myself and, you know, stop it before it happens. But back then it was really a awakening for me. And I had, Kind of made a commitment to myself when my dad had passed away that I would be present always and be a hundred percent. But that was the moment when I was in corporate where it was kind of a little nudge again of like you know what, take you back to this and actually make the jump.
1: Wow, tell you the story about the homeless person really just is so incredibly impactful. I'm so sorry for your loss, but thank you. What an amazing moment on the heels Mm -hmm. of that. Just the kindness of strangers can be staggering. That's amazing.
0: It really, really was. It was such a special moment.
1: Yeah. So when I think about this outsourcing your life that someone else was living it, was there a particular moment when you were in corporate America? I'm just thinking back of, I remember sort of the moment, there's a couple, but one in particular where I was like, this isn't working for me anymore, where I made a shift out of the company that I was in. Was there a moment like that for you? Whether it was someone accidentally gave your child something they're allergic to, or it sounds like you already know what that is.
0: Yes. I mean, there were definitely moments where I thought about it. And then of course there was one, I actually, that day I was going to resign from my position. And then I got a promotion from my boss. And, you know, <laughs> and I was like, Wait, the day you were going to resign? The day I was going to resign. And that was at Light Nation. So that was at a different job. So I was like, okay, this is a sign I'm going to stay, you know? <laughs> We can use that this is a sign both ways, right? We can we can really get that wrong. <laughs> so true. I mean, my boss was so great there. He was phenomenal, such a great guy, so I stayed for longer. And then actually when I went to the last company, I wasn't going to go there. I was trying to refer other people and my girlfriend was like, "Alicia, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity." you know, you can always step away. Your kids are still young, just take it and see where it goes. And so I did for a little bit, but I knew my heart wasn't there. And when I was in California and I remember I was sitting there at these meetings and my daughter, she was sick. We didn't know what was going on with her stomach. And later we found out she was celiac, but my son has asthma and, you know, he had to go to the ER for that. And it's just like as a mother to not be there. And for those moments where, yes, other people can help out, but it's crucial moment and not being able to have any flexibility or to know that I had to mentally be at a C-level meeting and put on the whole show while my kids were in the hospital or, or really sick. It just didn't seem like it was working for me. And so they were expanding the role in my position to where it would start to include some other things within it. So like name and title, and like some of that kind of stuff that is not of interest to me. And I just decided that was
1: it. I was going to leave the industry and make a big jump and shift. So talk to us about that jump, because when we've talked to people before who've made sort of those transition, it sounds like the thing that's the biggest struggle. And I know that was for me as well, leaving corporate America is the identity shift.
0: Oh my gosh. How was that for you? I had the biggest imposter syndrome, I swear. So I had worked 17 years corporate. I I paid my dues. But when I left, I felt like I didn't have anything. That was my identity. I was always in digital media events, you know, vice president at these great companies. And I would find myself at the park with other moms. And like, so I'm working on this project. And at the time I had because I never took time off. I had a client at WME that I wasn't able to work with. And Nicole Richie was doing an event. And so I helped with business development and empowerment event for her. But I loved what I did. So I would always talk about it. But we'd be at the park and I'd start talking about my project, you know, or ask them what they do. And it was like, I was just talking and they didn't, they didn't really care, you know, but it was like, who am I if I don't talk about this? Because that was so much of my identity and I did not realize that. And then as I was trying to decide from, I knew I wanted to do something as an entrepreneur or advisory type of role or something, but I didn't know what I wanted to do at that moment. And so when I would look at my experience in corporate, I just could not see how it translated into the entrepreneurial world for a long time. And I think that was a big challenge for when you transition out, you don't realize that you have so many transferable skills that easily transfer over. And it's just the application of it and can be extremely beneficial in that type of environment. But at the time, I mean, I was just really trying to figure out how to describe myself without a title.
1: Mm. Ooh, how to describe myself without a title. Yes, it was a challenge. That's powerful. How did you get past that? So eventually you go on to create something. So let's talk about what you created after that, because you went on to to get involved in this community. You created this community. Talk to us about what happened after that.
0: Yep. So I'll go back a little bit just to provide context. of why it went this direction. So when I was at WME, there was a woman there who ran, she was head of the literary department and women's events. So they did Oprah's events and Ariana Huffington and a lot of really cool events. And she was also the only woman on the board of directors at WME. And so I reached out to her when I first started at the company, I wanted to meet her. So I sat down and met with her and it was the first time I'd seen really leadership at that level where somebody was a hundred percent present and really wanted to help you, even though they didn't know you. And she cared for like the greater good of the company and your career. And I mean, we stopped talked for an hour and a half. So we connected instantly. And then throughout my time at WME, I would side hustle for her because she would do women's events and I just love the work that she did. So it wasn't my real full-time job, but I would help out to be involved. And so I helped her put together or worked on the founding team for this um, event called Together Live and it's like Linda Doyle Melton and it's gone on for a few years and it was so fun, but when I left, that was really impactful in my life. And so when I left, I just kept thinking back to that leadership style of leading with love and you know everything I'd gone through in my life. And I definitely wanted to replicate that in whatever I did. And so I started attending a bunch of different events just to meet some new people in Chicago and kind of hone in on what I wanted to do. And I go to these events and I would just have such a great time. The energy would just be electric and it's like, it was contagious, right? You, As an entrepreneur, you surround yourself by amazing people and it is just such a wonderful thing. It inspires you and you realize there's so many people who relate to what you're going through. And we go to these events and then I come home, be like, okay, sitting with my dogs, kids are at summer camp. And I just wanted to find a place that could bring that together and we could have that all the time. So I decided to create it. And there was a couple of co-working spaces that had popped up at the time. And so I went to my husband and I was like, hey, so I want to take all of our savings and invest it into a space that helps advance women and corporate and brings us together and hosts events. Are you cool with that? And of course he was. I mean, he's great. And But it was so funny because it was such a pivot. From what my career was, but for me, there was no other option not to do it. I was, I just knew in my gut that it was what I needed to do. And I've always been a risk taker and figured, you know, what's the worst that could happen? So I was going to do it and I did it. So opened the space up and I thought it'd grow slowly. And I took some of the marketing and you know grassroots and all that stuff from my corporate days to get people into the space. And so I brought in a lot of different women's groups. I had a launch party, invited my old world, my new world, the press, all that. And it took off. So quickly hired a few more people to help grow the space, the programming, events, all that. And so when I designed the space, it was very much about intentional design because I think your surroundings affect your productivity and your mood. And so the loft was beautiful. It was bright and airy and beautiful bookshelves and just a lot of like tchotchkes and knickknacks from around the world. And the people that came in, I got to know them and I would personally connect them. And I've always been a connector and I love to connect people who, whether they can help each other personally, professionally, or just be friends. I mean, you can tell sometimes, you know, the people should meet each other. And we'd host events. So I'd do masterminds or do custom events for
1: clients. And it was a really special space. Wow, that's amazing. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A-game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new four steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. I'm wondering if the fact that One thing that I heard out of there was that you've always been a risk taker. And I wonder if that made the transition not easier, but just like, oh, I'm someone who dumps the puzzle box over all the time and says, all right, we're, we're creating something totally different. I wonder if that makes that tolerance for risk. I mean, not a lot of people would dump all of their savings into this idea. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. I definitely
0: over time have always believed in taking risks. And I think I've built the confidence to believe in my ability to figure things out. So it may not have been necessarily that it would have worked exactly how I planned it, but I know that we have resources, we have connections, we have Google. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're never able to leverage your resources to really gain the insight and knowledge that you need or connections and that kind of thing. So I've definitely... Taking risks throughout my life. I think the difference in this one was that I had a family. And so, before, take these huge risks and, you know, move to LA, don't know anybody, I move to Chicago, don't know anybody, and start careers and things. But when you have a family, you have to think about things differently. And so, it was definitely more challenging, but as far as you know, the mental side of it, but it was exciting and there wasn't really a place like it in Chicago. So there was a need. And as soon as it opened, you just saw how much people wanted to come together and connect. And, and I had a lot of people from my past who wanted to be a part of it and came and kind of bridged the gap between corporate and entrepreneurship, which is Um, not always combined. So it was really supporting women across all aspects of life. And we also had tons programming for men. So it wasn't just women only because we love all the men that we have in our lives and the sports on the business side. And so it was just a great place to bring people together who, you know, had good intentions about changing the world.
1: Yeah. You know, the other thing I'm hearing is in addition to being a risk taker, I'm also hearing a ton of confidence in your just unwavering ability to, I'm going to make this work out. Like it might get a little messy, but I'm going to make it with this workout. Have you always been that confident? I definitely ebb and flow (laughs) my
0: days. (laughs) I think I got a kick one time from one of my bosses and I used to, I call myself the recovering perfectionist because for me, everything had to be perfect before I put it out there. And so it's like, I wanted it to be a masterpiece. Like I'm very intentional about what I create and what I put out there. So I want to make sure that it's going to add value and be relevant to the people I'm targeting or working with. But I would spend so much time on creating things and just iterating on it and, you know, doing design or these different things. And one of my bosses one time was like, Alicia, your 80% is like 120 for a lot of people. You just need to get it out there and continue to evolve it as you go. And it was a good kick for me because it gave me the confidence to just believe in the 80% version and not get so stuck up on things. And I think With the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship, I was definitely not confident along the journey as I was pivoting and trying to figure out that identity piece. But once I found what I loved and was so passionate about, I mean, it was just such a great space. And it was, I don't know, I felt like it was where I belonged and what I was meant to do. So it definitely supported
1: on the confidence side. I bet. You know, one of the things that we talk about on pivot me is also sabotage, like how we self-sabotage. We talk about how people self-sabotage, but then it's really good for us to hear, Hey, here's this person who has had this great success in the corporate arena, then pivoted to the entrepreneur space, had success there as well, but we all self-sabotage. Would you be willing to share with us how you self-sabotage and what you do to get yourself out of it?
0: Yes, I am known as a saboteur (laughs) personally, professionally. I'm just laughing because my husband always jokes about this too. When we first started dating, not to digress, but when we first started dating and things were going well, I'm like, I'm new to the city. I just moved to Chicago. I don't want to date anybody. And he's like, It's okay. We don't need a serious relationship. And I mean, I just kept trying to sabotage it because it was so great. And so it's so funny. And that's you know, a long time ago now, 2003. But on the business side, I found myself doing the same thing where as I was growing a team and you know, I had management experience on the corporate side, but when you're building out all the infrastructure and you're flying the plane as you're <laughs> building it, it's a different story. And so I would find myself wanting to not meet time frames or, you know, shying away from things because I just, I didn't think we were there and we were there going back to 80% every time. It's like, just launch the expansion. We got a second space, just do it. But I definitely pushed a lot of launches in the beginning of products that we were going to roll out because I didn't feel like we were ready when we were definitely ready. And I should have channeled the confidence a little bit more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you move past that? Is it that someone... Maybe someone else comes in and says, like, you're did that one time, you're 80%, as everyone else is 120%. Like, how do you get out of the failure to launch because you feel like something needs to be cleaned up more?
0: So, going back to the community piece, I found that the community has been such an impactful piece of my journey. And a lot of people will give me the kick that I need or the nudge or remind me that we get so busy in life and so distracted by so many things. And sometimes you forget all the things that you've done or that how you need to approach things. And so that community was good at holding me accountable for truly following my passion and creating what I wanted to build. So I've had a lot of good people that will come and give me the little nudge. Uh, to move past it and then hold on.
1: <laughs> yeah. So on Pivot Me, we talk about the Add a Boy or the Add a Girl folder, which is like this sort of collection of amazing things we've done in the past. Yes. And it's sort of this treasure trove of accomplishments. And it's not necessarily the trophy moment, it can be. But it can also be like, I overcame this, you know. One of the gals is like, I did a home birth and I was in labor for 36 hours. That ended up going in her at a girl folder. Shout out to Rachel. And, you know, sometimes it's that someone else I'm thinking about, their, their brother had passed away and they were very close. And, and he said, actually, I use that as evidence of my ability to persevere against all odds. So it can be all sorts of things. But did you go back to sort of, wait, this is who Alicia is? Like she's overcome in so many Situations and she's run this big team and she was the VP of a prominent company. She's done all of these things. So that means she can probably do this other thing.
0: Yeah. That's a big piece for me because I didn't really understand the depth behind resiliency and even the journey of grieving or any of those pieces and how they factor into your decisions in your life moving forward. And so I have to say, the thing with my father was the most difficult thing i've ever been through and because i went through that and it wasn't a you know overnight process that you know you feel better or you know how to adjust kind of your routines and that kind of thing that some of the skill sets that I've learned in there, or just seeing that I was able to continue to move forward. And so when I was faced with challenges of my children having these anaphylactic reactions at three months old, or at a business situation, or if I've closed the space and making those decisions, like at the end of the day, I've gotten through and have overcome so much. And so just channeling that. And I think I am a big, big fan of, I love what you call it at a boy folder. We talk about a lot with imposter syndrome and with imposter syndrome, it's so important to just make sure that you document all of your successes and that you're celebrating these little wins along the way, because especially if you are the person like me, who is just going, 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 if you don't stop and look back or look at where you are, then you don't realize how much you've accomplished and you just see that to-do list in front of you that never goes away and it can become consuming. So that's a huge thing for me is, is definitely, you know, being able to reference that. And I think that community is kind of the live version of it. (laughs) They give you the rah-rahs or the support that you need.
1: Yeah. What's next for you? So you've done quite a bit of things. I know that you're constantly developing more things and going into new businesses as well. Tell us what's next for you.
0: Yep. So I've really been focused on doing business development and helping thought leaders right now and building out their businesses and like an advisory type of role. And as we go into this next half of the year, I'm building out a online course. There's going to be one that's going to focus on how to evolve and how to transition out of corporate or in any really pivotal moment of your life. You know, that reflection work that you need to do and then really perspective and it on and then the actual blueprint and plan to make it happen. So planning to launch that in July. And then um, we're also going to do a workshop on money never sleeps because as entrepreneurs, we have to make the money and um, continue to look at strategic ways to do that. And my background is heavily in partnerships. And I love looking at the value of things that you can bring together to shorten the path to success. And so providing context around that for
1: business owners. Mm. All right, so we have our final question. Before I ask that final question, where is the best place for people to connect with you?
0: Yes, so you can go to evolver.community or you can go to Instagram and it's Alicia
1: underscore Drizzle or Evolver. Perfect, and we're gonna put that those links in the show notes as well. So for our final question, if you could tell the world one thing, what would it be?
0: Oh, I would definitely say, That your story is never over and that just remember to continue to evolve and to give yourself the grace and the time to truly prioritize yourself so that you can always live the life that you want. And while it sounds easier said than done, if you are able to continue to check in with yourself and really understand where your values are. What they are and how you're aligned with them, and the priorities based on where you are, then you can see if you're, you know, where you need to be at that moment or if you need to evolve. And I feel like evolving gets a bad rep. So just got to embrace it and
1: go from there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and your insight and for sharing your background with us today.
0: Yes, it was so great to chat. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I didn't know how to describe myself without a title. Man, that line is so like, it really got to me. I felt that one to my core. It took me back to my days of transitioning. When I first left corporate to run my own consulting business, I found myself always describing who I was based off of what I previously did in corporate. Well, I run a consulting business now, but I used to run a distribution channel. I started an ISP. I had XYZ title, etc. because I couldn't simply run a consulting business. I was used to being part of something bigger, flashier, more impressive. That was tough for me to, man, the identity shift will get you there, which is why I so appreciated Alicia's open and vulnerable interview, here is how I handled it well and here's how I screwed it up a bit. She talks about the pivoting away from something that was so good, yet not good for her anymore. Now she's the CEO of Evolve Her Media, where she impacts many with her expertise, network, and passion. She's a speaker, an advisor, a leader, focused on creating a more equitable future for all. Luckily, she was able to clear up the path for this type of work to begin. Thanks for joining us today, Pivoter, and make it an awesome day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at TheAprilGarcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success and until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.